Ryan, I have a very important question for you right now. What's that, Steve? How many cheesesteaks could you eat in a three to four day stretch? A three to four day stretch? Um, I feel like I could do some damage. I feel, all right, in a three to four day stretch, if you if you told me all I can eat is cheesesteaks, I think I could probably do up to nine, I would think. In the three to four day stretch. Yeah. Right. So, I mean, that make that math really, you know, checks out that because that's essentially, you know, three a day for three days. Breakfast, lunch, dinner. Yeah. yeah. I think so. If I could throw my health concerns aside, right? Like, because obviously this is you've got a risk of a heart attack. You've got a risk yeah. of just like bloating and just feeling terrible. The, the shit. If I threw this aside, <laughs> I think. I could do at least 12, maybe, maybe 15 if I really pushed it. But, and this comes up because it's recently come to light that visitors for the Phillies, people who come to Citizens Bank Park, uh, other teams that come to Citizens Bank Park, have a, like, they have this cheesesteak competition. They have rankings and everything for visitors yeah. to just house cheesesteaks while they're in town because, you know, it's Philly, the home of the cheesesteak, and you're going to come and you're going to eat just these great cheesesteaks and just house them. So it's, it's interesting to see some of the numbers here. This is from an MLB.com article the other day. And I just, you know, you want to compare as a person, right? But these are professional athletes who are burning so many more calories than you are. I can't even imagine if football players did this competition, how bad. Oh God. Yeah. Because like offensive and defensive linemen alone, these are just massive human beings we're talking about. They're out of control. Yeah. <clears throat> but these aren't football players we're talking about setting the record. No, we're talking about baseball players. These are the guys who've been tracking this. These are the guys bored enough to put in the work for this. And let's start with the individual three-day record listed here, a.k.a. the gold standard. And that would be Rockies coach Mike Jasperson, who had 21 and a half cheesesteaks in a three-day span. 21 oh. and a half. That's... Brewers. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Continue. All right. Yeah. I'm still trying to, like, process that. Okay. Yeah, that's, that's a lot of stakes right there. And they, for the record, they did... I believe there was a little bit... I would call this cheating, but maybe not everybody would agree with me. But they were considering chicken cheesesteaks as cheesesteaks for this. And don't get me wrong. I love a chicken cheesesteak. I think a chicken cheesesteak is really tasty. But... A beef cheesesteak is just that much more filling, that much more worse for you to consume. Yeah. I, I think that is just a, another level right there. But let's uh, go through some more of these numbers. Brewers bullpen catcher, Marcus Hainel. So uh, you want to talk about a guy who's probably not burning as many calories as the rest of the team. The bullpen catcher. He put away 18 yeah. steaks <laughs> in a three-day span. Mets bullpen catcher, Eric Langle, had 17 steaks. Mets bullpen catcher Dave Rackin Rackin Niello, I'm gonna go with that, had 14 in a three-day 
And all-star outfielder Dimitri Young housed 11 cheesesteaks in a three-day record. So I, I guess the running theme here is guys who are actively on the baseball field aren't the ones really putting away as many steaks as uh, the rest of the guys. They have some sort of semblance of like, I need to take care of my body. And that's why they play. Right. <laughs> and it's the, it's the bullpen people who are just like, you know what? I'm here. I'm going to have a good time. And then they're just going out and going nuts. Like, are they eating it in the bullpen? I'll have to check next time because Citizens Bank Park has one of those open bullpens <laughs> where people can just, like, come over and start yeah. just jeering, you know, just start making fun of everything about these players. And they don't, they can't go anywhere. They just have to sit there and take it. Maybe they're, maybe they're like Prince Fielder where they just take people's food from the crowd. Like when he <laughs> went over Fielder. and he just, he just took the nachos from the one dude. <laughs> That was a big man right there, is Prince Fielder. Yeah. He was huge, especially for an athlete. And A unit, you know, they call him. A man was a unit, for sure. I've got to look up Mike Jasperson right here, because he also has the individual four-day record of 25 cheesesteaks put away in four days, which is... I, I, I Good Lord. He's not even fat. I don't know. <laughs> I don't Dude, understand. Some of these- some of these like world-class eaters are like really sk- like Joey Chestnut. Oh, isn't he them, like yeah. not very big? Most of them are, are pretty skinny. And like, if you looked at the, the wing bowl contestants, usually there would be a bunch of, <laughs> are you familiar with wing bowl? I just threw this out there. Like, I, like you, I assumed you knew what it was. I'm not familiar. What is that? Oh boy. Oh boy. Is it just like a wing eating competition? Basically. It, it was the wing eating competition in Philly for years and years and years, WIP, the sports talk radio station here, put on Wing Bowl every year. And I believe it was the week before the Super Bowl because the Eagles were never in the Super Bowl. So they wanted something to do in yeah. the two weeks between the NFC Championship and the Super Bowl. So they would just put on this wing eating competition that got more and bigger and bigger and bigger. Like it was something that started out in like a, a hotel lobby or something like that you know or like a, one of those conference rooms you get at a hotel right and then eventually it became an event that would go on at the wells fargo center and they would pack the house and it would just be like debaucherous people would be drunk at 8 a.m and it's just look up some stuff on wing bowl if you're not familiar later yeah. on. or maybe don't because it's really gross it's one of the my mom went one time and she said it was one of the, <laughs> the most disgusting things she had ever witnessed in her life and <laughs> i will say some of these like eating competitions really freak me out like it's just not like i just feel gross like right now i'm looking at kobayashi who he's like the um i think he's chinese Maybe Japanese, I, think I can't Japanese, remember Japanese, yeah. I think it's um, Japanese. But, like, he's, like, the hair apparent or whatever to, like, Joey Chestnut. And he's, like, a small dude. Like, before he's eating all these hot dogs, he's actually in pretty good shape. Like, he doesn't... Oh, yeah, Kobayashi's the goat there. I, I believe he's the goat. I don't know who's the goat anymore. But, you know, I know Kobayashi. The man can eat hot dogs. He's unreal. And I'm yeah. looking at this photo of him after winning the hot dog competition, and he's showing his stomach. It looks absolutely horrifying like why would anyone do this to themselves physically (laughs) i don't know i don't know so the thing about wing bowl is like everybody knows the coney island hot dog eating competition right and like that's pretty straightforward people sit there and they just house hot dogs wing bowl they would go for this it's it was like a it, it was a wwe event 
mixed with an eating competition. So they would come out on these floats and there would be, you know, strippers holding signs for them and everything. And they would always just try and get bigger and bigger and more debaucherous every year. So it was just like, it, it was kind of just one of the most horrifying events in the world. If you were, I don't know, a woman in general. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But it, man, it doesn't go on anymore, but it really was a spectacle. And I don't think, I wouldn't say it was a good spectacle, but it certainly was a spectacle in Philadelphia for a while. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that sounds like something like, I, f- I feel like I need to just get out and go to some of these more bizarre things like that, like wing bowl. And like, I do feel like it would be kind of cool to check out like the Nathan's hot dog eating competition at some point in my life, just because I could say, yeah, I went there and it was like weird as fuck, but it was cool. <laughs> you know, like do, go out and do it, check it out, see what's out there. Well, R.I.P.D. Wing Bowl because they they don't do it anymore. And oh, it, it's over. Just, okay, it's over. It was it was a lot every year. It was a lot, and it was oh my god, just people would just be annihilated at ten thirty in the morning when if because it, it was the W.I.P. <laughs> morning show that was putting this on, so that's why it would be first thing in the morning because it would be broadcast on the W.I.P. morning show. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Just a disgusting event, and hopefully they don't do the cheesesteak version of that. But I, I am impressed by all the Phillies' opponents putting away as many cheesesteaks as they can while they're in town. Uh, the Mets hold the one-day record for a team with 103 cheesesteaks consumed, and the one-day records. Infielder Adrian Sanchez ate ten and a half cheesesteaks in one day. Oh. And Giants oh special God. assistants... Special assistant coach Chad Chop, which is an amazing name, ten cheesesteaks in a day. I, I I can't fathom. Like Corey Hart has seven in a day, right? And I think I can fathom myself maybe putting away seven in a day. I would not be happy with myself, but I could I could <laughs> see it happening. Ten is just a number I can't. Like, seven's the upper limit, I think. I could eat seven, but I I might be on the verge of death. Ten is a number that I I cannot imagine not looking like the Stay Puft Marshmallow Man afterwards. Okay, so I did a little bit of digging, because I was curious to see if Joey Chestnut has ever done, like, a Philly cheesesteak challenge. He has, in fact, done something, but it was only six-inch Philly cheesesteaks. So, like, I don't know if that quite counts, but... He ate 23 six-inch Philly cheesesteak sandwiches in 10 minutes. That's disgusting. (laughs) It's absolutely preposterous why anyone would do that. I don't like that. I just don't like that. Like, do you know how gross you must feel after that? But doesn't you must right, just feel like the worst person in the world. (laughs) Don't they like fast for like five days before they do this? They just go through absurd things to do this and yeah. they'll fast. They won't eat anything or like sometimes I think they they'll go in like a a feast like the day before to distend their belly. But then they won't eat anything until I don't know. It's just craziness. Yeah, it's yeah. kind of the worst that America has to offer the world is are these eating competitions. I just have to imagine if I was eating that many cheesesteaks, if you're familiar with Stand By Me, the pie eating scene where he just like Ralph's on everybody in the crowd after he eats too much pie is, as his revenge. That would be me trying to eat that many cheesesteaks. So 
I'm in an even deeper rabbit hole now about Joey Chestnut, and I'm trying to figure out how does he prepare. So, and this is according to Google, this is what he does. It takes a week just to prepare for each practice round. Chestnut starts by doing a two-day cleanse of water and lemon juice, the same cleanse he uses before the actual competition. Quote, most people, when you eat food, it takes nine to ten hours to really digest it, he says. So it sounds like the days leading up, he's just (laughs) draining himself of whatever he needs to drain himself of and just emptying everything. And then he goes ballistic. There's no way to live, my friend. There's no way to live. I would love to know his cholesterol. It can't be good. I can't imagine it's good. But who knows? Maybe this is the healthiest man on earth. He just has uh, mastered the art of uh, eating like an asshole. Yeah. Yeah. Now, Uh, I have to wonder. uh, After you, I'm going (laughs) to. No, you're going to. I was. I decided to do a little. Do a little more digging and see what it's Oh, boy. Is. You're, you're yeah. digging a hole that I think nobody wants to go into. <laughs> According to one estimate, Chestnut's 76 hot dogs and buns Sunday amounted to 20,520 calories. 1,102 grams of fat. 1,900 milligrams of cholesterol. Okay. Okay. All right. Okay. I've officially had enough of this guy. It's, okay. it's like a, it's always sunny in Philadelphia. Yeah, you're pointing at the picture. I've had it with this guy. <laughs> yeah. Tear it down. I don't want this anymore. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Now, I, I have to wonder if other teams in Philadelphia can utilize this cheesesteak eating data for their own benefit. Like we mentioned, I'm sure offensive linemen, defensive linemen in the NFL can can eat an absurd amount of cheesesteaks. Like I, I'm sure Jordan Mailata could probably oh, yeah. eat like 25 in a day himself because that guy is just a beast. Easily, he is yeah. ridiculous. But the, how can the Flyers utilize this information? I, maybe when they're looking at the combine, right? When they're going to the combine and they're interviewing prospects, they're trying to find out about their personality. Maybe they can ask, how many cheesesteaks do you think you could <laughs> eat in a day? They need to have a plate of cheesesteaks and just say, eat these right now. Eat these. As fast as you can. And there's like 20 of them. Show me what you got. You eat as many of these as you can right here. Because you really have to up the game. Because apparently the Montreal Canadiens have come in and they've upped the game (laughs) for combine questions. Where, according to Scott Wheeler, this is a a tweet from a couple days ago. The Habs have a bit off a rep here as the toughest interview. Just now, I'm not going to pronounce his name right, by the way, but I'm going to just go for it. Callie Odelius said that they asked him if he would pick up a $10 bill off the seat or $50 bill from the toilet. He chose the $50 bill. I would do the same. Like, if there's a $50 bill in the toilet, I would have to think about it. It depends on how clean the toilet water is. Right. This is an important question. I think it was uh, Flyers Goal Scored by on Twitter who put out, like, how full is this toilet are we talking about, right? <laughs> yeah. Because if we're talking like, if we're talking like a clean, pristine toilet right here, like this has just been cleaned by the janitorial staff and somebody dropped a 50 in there. Yeah, it's a no brainer. That's yeah, a no brainer. Yeah. A little bit of a little bit of number one in there. You know what? I'd still do it now. We're talking a little bit of number two. That's a different question. <laughs> yeah. And if we're talking a whole lot of double number two right here, and I'm thinking like a double dare challenge. And if uh, maybe some of the younger listeners don't know what I'm talking about, double dare 
uh, game show from great game the show. 80s, 90s. Great game show. Mark Summers hangs uh, out in the Philly area all the time. Philly guy. Even though he probably would not like to hear about the doo-doo talk because uh, that man <laughs> hates germs. But you would really have to just dig into some very disgusting things on Double Dare to find a flag. And I'm imagining the flag is the $50 bill in this case. And that is a true question to see just how tenacious a prospect is right there. Yes. But I, I think they were talking about a, a relatively clean toilet because nobody really wants to get into the nitty gritty here when we're talking about doo-doo like this. That's not even fair to ask a prospect. Would you like, would you stick your hand into a, poopy filled toilet to get a $50 bill. It's like, you wouldn't do that. You absolutely wouldn't do it. And I feel like that's them trying to figure out, oh, how's what's their compete level? Are they trying to win? Do they have a winning mentality? And it's just like, yeah, they do, but they don't want to fucking stick their hand in a <laughs> toilet full of shit. So like, what if, what if we did like double dare type challenges for the prospects? Be fun. So what, let's change the combine into Double Dare and find out just how to... Let's do Double Dare. Let's do Legends of the Hidden Temple. Let's do Guts. Let's get to the aggro crag, motherfuckers. That would be a really, really fun idea. Too fun for the NHL, of course, but a great idea nonetheless. What questions would you ask, like, prospects? Hmm. I mean, I would certainly ask one of those questions, like, uh, would you rather fight, like, uh, what is it, like, one... Man-sized duck or fifty, like, 50 like, I don't duck know, duck-sized ducks, duck-sized bears, or something like that. You know, yeah. <laughs> those kind of questions. I love those. I think I would those ask are great. Them, I would ask a prospect like, "Would you rather?" I would like they'd be I, first of all. I'd make them wait in the interview room to build up the anticipation. I oh, would yeah. I would storm in, and I would have a clipboard with like a bunch of papers on it, but they're all blank pieces of paper. I would slam it on the table and I would sit down with like a ton of energy and I just look the prospect in the eye and I'd be like, right now, would you rather run a hundred miles an hour or fly 10 miles an hour and see what they say? <laughs> run? Okay. Okay. <laughs> and then after that, like depending on their answer, I'd be like, okay. And then I just storm out and leave. That's the interview. That's okay. That's interesting. I, I think I would have to get weird because I was trying to think about it from from hockey perspectives, right? Where I was like, "Oh, would you rather take a slap shot from Alex Ovechkin or face down Dominic Hasek?" But no, no, no that's too simple. That's too yeah. simple. We can't be talking about that. We got to be thinking more violent than that. We got to be thinking scarier than that. We got to be thinking about bears. We got to be thinking about wolves. I'm talking nature right here. I'm <laughs> talking creatures that don't exist. Would you rather fight? Bigfoot or the Loch Ness monster, that kind of stuff. I, I it's interesting to think about what because I think you really it, it's good to really fuck with these guys because they're young, they might not fully understand. I know Nick they Sirianni, no idea, yeah, they have no idea. I know Nick Sirianni for the Eagles gets a little weird, but not in the the toilet kind of question. Nick Sirianni, <laughs> I think, plays rock, paper, scissors with these guys and other like kind of just like dumb little like. I don't know, games that you play when you're bored in an office or in a dorm room or something. That like flower comparison he made last season where he's like, yeah, players are like flowers. You got to fertilize them and water them. And it's like, what the fuck are you saying, Sirianni, man? Like, what? Where did you come up with this? I don't know. He, he does say some weird shit, but like, I don't know. I mean, sometimes th- that's just some people's way of like getting their point across. And like, I guess I get it, but yeah. 
I kind of get it, but I get weirder, right? Like, uh, who's the guy that Craig would always talk about making the comparison to the guy being like the lizard and stuff like that? Oh, like, Paul Fenton. Paul Fenton. Yeah, we got to get to a Paul Fenton level weird right here. Okay, I think Paul Fenton should just be designing like template questions for the rest of the league on this. I love that the entire Minnesota Wild fan base still calls Zuccarello the lizard. Like that's his nickname now. Ever since those comments, he's now known as the Lizard. And that's uh, a great nickname. It's it's like st- it's stuck for years, and I love that a lot. Yeah, I like I, I I'm trying to think of what my ideal questions are, and I might have to circle back around next week to have a better list of questions. But I'm thinking yeah. stuff like, would you rather drink like a scalding hot tea in the desert, or stick your fu- stick your tongue to a frozen pole like a, a Christmas story? Oh, that's a good one. Yeah, which both sound very unpleasant and or or dumb and dumber when he's just she's got to pull Jeff Daniels' tongue off of the ski oh, yeah. lift. <laughs> the I feel like there are there are some good questions to ask about a like a player's compete level, like the whole money in the toilet type thing. Like that's that's a good one. There are some other ones I'm sure that we could come up with that would be uh, that would be interesting for sure. Would you rather coach the Philadelphia Flyers? <laughs> or do anything else. <laughs> I would do anything else. Please. Anything else. In the Please. World. I beg of you. No, no, okay. <laughs> would you, would you rather, would you rather coach the Philadelphia Flyers or uh, I'm trying to think of a good, or fight a bear. There you go. So that's a good question. <sighs> I would say fight a bear. And the reason why is because I... You have a better chance of success. Yeah. <laughs> it depends on... If it's a black bear, I have a feeling I could win. Because, like... for Don't ask me why, Steve, but I know, like, all the bear survival tactics for no reason at all. And, like, I just... Like, if you encounter a black bear, like, you're in a pretty good... Like, black bears are kind of, like, babies. So, like, normally they run away from you. But if they attack you and you hit them once, they're like, ooh. I don't like that at all. And they just like run away. So I feel like, I feel like I could beat a bear if it's a black bear, grizzly bear, you're dead. And then polar bear, you're absolute. You're just, you don't stand a chance. You're definitely going to be not only killed, but eaten as well. Would you rather quarterback the flyers power play or feed an alligator, a ham dinner by hand? That's a tough question to ask because I can't, quarterback the Flyers power play because um, Keith Yandel is coming back and please don't do not do not curse us job. into this existence okay <laughs> I do not Keith need Yandel's to think thing. about Keith Yandel coming back to this team ever again <laughs> I will say so I remember on April 1st I got I got some I got got really good on April Fool's Day someone posted like a graphic of like Break it, and it had like the Flyers logo and everything. I was like, breaking Flyers signed Keith Yandel to you know two year contract extension at like two point three mil a year, and I was like, I didn't see, I hadn't noticed that there wasn't like an official like verified symbol on the Twitter account, and so I was just losing, I was fuming, and I was like <laughs> literally in the process of opening up chorus like our CMS and like putting together a story for like this signing. And then I looked back at it again and I was like, Oh wait. Oh, thank God. Okay. (laughs) Crisis averted. 
It is always important to take a deep breath and make sure a story is real before freaking out. And I, I would very much encourage people to utilize Twitter lists for this because yeah. I just have all the big name reporters in one list and I could just go to that list when it's trade deadline day or April 1st, God help us all, and <laughs> look through. Because Oh, my God. I, I, it's funny because a, a few years ago, April Fool's Day, I was always a big like, yeah, it's fun. and now I'm just like, okay, okay, we get it. <laughs> I think what ruined it for me um, was back when I was writing at Fansighted and I was like doing the, the Eagles website for Fansighted, I had this one dude, I can't remember his name he wasn't very good at his job and um he wrote a story about like eagles trade for peyton manning on april fool's day and like we literally all had an email from our boss saying like hey april fool's day like don't be an idiot don't write dumb shit and then of course he did and it was just like uh, like shit like that is what ruins april fool's day you know so yeah, and as somebody who has fooled Jordan Wheel's aunt before, you know, it's a, <laughs> it's a tough existence right there, just being, <laughs> taking that kind of blame right there. Yeah, yeah. I, I would just want to get real weird with the prospects, make, just keep them on their toes right there. But I, I love the toilet question. I think the toilet question is great. That's something to, to really make you ponder just how far you've come in life and just how fortunate you are that you don't have to scoop $50 out of a toilet. Of course. Yeah. No. Like I would, I mean, if the opportunity is there, then that's, that's a question for another day, but that opportunity will very probably absolutely never happen in my life. So well, who carries cash anymore, let alone a $50 bill. That That's a, I mean, I don't think anybody like, I don't know. I know Just a couple friends who carry. Just yeah. Dads. The, <laughs> it's always dads that like my dad's always like, I have at least 20 on me at all times. I'm like, what, for what? What are you going to do with 20? Like, what do you infl- That doesn't even cover something out of a vending machine these days with all this inflation going on. So like, I don't know what you're doing. <laughs> How about those clowns in Congress? Pure a bunch of clowns. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Uh, no, my dad always has a big, thick wad of bills that he'll take out, and I, I'm just sitting there like, this is ridiculous, my man. What are you doing right here? And we'll go out for some beers, and he's just like, he'll pull out the wad. I'm like, what are you doing? Yeah. Unless you're trying to flex how much money you have, there's no reason to have, like, any cash on you. You know, that might be, maybe he's trying to flex over me, because he does always insist on paying for everything. We went to a Phillies yeah. game one time, and I bought the tickets, I insisted on not getting any money for it. He's like, you piece of shit. Like, why would you do that to me? Like, what do you mean? <laughs> he said that to you? Yeah. He's like, I'm like, why would you do that to me? Because I'm trying to be nice, dad. Yeah. Oh, my dad wouldn't ask any questions. I'd be like, I'm paying. He'd be like, okay. <laughs> like, oh, my, even... my dad will fist yeah. fight me in the street before letting me pay for anything. Oh, man. Yeah. My yeah. dad still owes me for like years of asking me to go to Wawa to get him a Pepsi. He still owes, he probably owes me a, like a total sum of like 50 bucks for that. Wow. Okay. Uh, my dad won't even let me pay for a single beer at the bar. Wow. Yeah, that's pretty cool. It is cool, but it's also annoying sometimes because you just want to get around here and there and you you kind of sneak away and do it. And I, I don't even necessarily want to pay, right? Because like I, I'm one of those people that is certainly fine accepting your charity. You want to buy me a beer? terrific i'm not gonna fight you on it but my dad does it to an annoying degree where i can't even get 
like a little beer here and there or anything for him. And that's where it gets annoying. It's just because he's just so gung ho about not letting me pay for anything. It's like, okay, just give it a break for five seconds. (laughs) I know you're old school, but do you have to be this old school? What if it's his birthday? Oh, oh my God. He he gets pissed off. I buy him gifts for his birthday. Oh man. He's just like, oh, why would you do that? Ah, I can't believe you did. Like, it's a gift. I kind of get it, though, because, like, I kind of have the same. Like, I almost feel guilty whenever, even if it's for my birthday, I feel borderline guilty if someone gives me a present for my birthday. Because oh, then I'm the like, presents. fuck, I have to give you something in return. And then they're uh, like, no, it's your birthday. This is how it works. And I'm like, it, like, my mind can't compute that. I feel like if someone gives me something as a gift, I, therefore, must give something. Like, it's very, I don't know why I think that way, but. Yeah, I kind of get it. Okay, so you subscribe to the there is no such thing as the free lunch theory. Whereas, dude, I'll take all the free lunches. You give me free shit, I'm taking it. I remember one time I I got roped into going. This is the night of the infamous chestnut checkers couturier thing from me. And (laughs) what had happened was I got roped into going to this company event. I was just out getting a coffee and I saw like the director of my department there and he said, uh, Hey, what are you doing tonight? And I was like, I don't, I don't have any plans. And he's like, Oh, you're coming to the flyers game with us. I said, oh, okay. Um, <laughs> and who's all going and like, Oh, we're meeting this, this company that we're thinking about doing business with. And it's like, uh, I don't know anything about this. What do you want me to do? He's like, I want you to talk to me, tell me what's going on with hockey. And I said, I can do that. But like, isn't there going to be time where I'm going to have to talk to other people besides you? He's like, it'll be yeah. fine. And I got there and they're all talking to me about this thing. I'm like, oh, what do you think about this thing? And I'm like, well, the technology sure is impressive. And you really got to keep up with the technology in teams in times like this. It just, just bullshit rolling out of my mouth. But there was a bunch of free shit they gave away in that box. It was great. There was like, a, I think I got a free Google Home. I got like a signed oh puck God. from Brian Prop or something. A free hat, and I was taking all the free shit. Dude, and my yeah, boss at, is at that like, "Point you have to." And my director's like, "I don't take a thing. I'm not taking anything." And I said, "Well, guess what? I have no power or say on this whatsoever. <laughs> I'm taking everything I can." Yeah, <laughs> I'll give you. I'll give you some of my free shit later if you want. Yeah, I'll take exactly. free stuff for you and give it to you at a later sure. time so it doesn't look like you're taking anything. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I, I do get his point, right? Like that you don't want to be beholden to these people where essentially you're like, well, we gave you our food and beer and uh, and all this free stuff, right? And you're not going to do business with us? What the hell? I get that. But like from where I was coming from, if I don't have any, I don't know, horse in the race, essentially, I don't give a shit. I will 100% just go take the money and run. If I choose not to do business with you, then you shouldn't have tried to, like, persuade us with free shit. You take that risk on your own. Don't give us free shit, and then you don't have to worry about, we gave you all this stuff, and blah, blah, blah. And it's just like, dude, if you just, like, wine and dine us, and, you know, you just hang out, and you don't give us a bunch of free stuff, then, like, I don't know. You don't have to worry about that. So, in summary. Like, that kind of thing, I get. I get that. In summary, Quiggs will reject any free stuff you try to give him where I will take all the free stuff you try to give me. Okay, so just give me free shit. (laughs) If if it's for a professional setting, I would take free stuff. Like, for example, after the Olympics, one of our like bosses took us out to like a really nice restaurant and we all ate 
and we're we're eating there and he was just like yeah have as much as you want it's all on the company card i was like okay <laughs> and so i just like got an incessant amount of food and you know what i don't regret anything oh, i would do it again Every time I'm in that situation where I have the full understanding that I will not be handling the bill for this occasion. Oh, yeah. yeah. I will go nuts. Like, okay, yeah. Uh, top shelf booze, gin and tonic. Like, let's go nuts. Uh, like, get me yeah, that. In that case, What's the best I'll bourbon you got? Uh, let's do it. Let's do it. And yeah. I remember I have been at a couple dinners where it's been nebulous about who is going to pay. And there's, there's one that I'm not going to go into too many details on, but like I, there's certain people listening to this that'll know the exact dinner I am talking about where we didn't have an understanding about who was paying going in. And it was a pretty expensive restaurant. I think it was a, a Greek place in Philly that had like a, like very fresh fish, the freshest fish at Gugino's. And we were just sitting around and like, Oh, is he going to pay for this? I don't know. Should I get like a lesser? <laughs> I ended up getting, a lesser fish than I probably would have gotten if I had the understanding that he was going to pay. I think I got uh, something closer to a salmon where if I knew he was going to pay, I was going to get like the Chilean sea bass, whatever the top one was. And then uh, the car car came out and the relief was there. But at the same time, I was like, damn, (laughs) I really could have gone nuts. I know. Yeah. I always feel bad when I know I could have done more damage than I did. But you know what? It's, It's me taking pity, I guess. I That's guess. That's what I chuck it up to. No, nobody deserves my pity. If you, you give me the free stuff, I want the free stuff. I'm, yeah. I'm in for it. Sell out all day, every day, right over here. Now, I guess the important question is, you know, would you rather host a weekly podcast about the miserable Philadelphia Flyers or be the PR person for Jordan Bennington? Oh my God. <laughs> okay, I, I mean. Obviously, doing a Flyers podcast is fun, even though the team is big trash. But, like, dude, I would do so many things to not be the PR person for Jordan Bennington. What? Like, why is he... No one else acts like this in the world. He's an adult, and he's acting literally like a middle school child. A literal child is... It's unbelievable just how childish he's coming off. And it's not even... Like, there's petty in a way, or salty in a way that I would understand, given everything that happened. But the way but he's been doing this is just childish and just yeah. sad. You don't throw a water bottle and, like... I don't even care about the water bottle. It's just... Uh, so, let me read the explanation. Uh, Jeremy Rutherford pu- published this co- quote earlier, but there's video out there that you can watch also. So, this is Bennington's words. I went to get my knee checked out mid-game. I was coming back to the rink, and the game just ended. Walking down the hallway, I couldn't find a recycling bin on my way down the hallway. Right before I walked into the locker room, I see him kind of doing an interview there, smiling. Him being Nazem Kadri. Yes, yes. Smiling, laughing, and I'm there in a knee brace, limping down the hallway. I just felt like it was a God-given opportunity. (laughs) Jesus. I could just stay silent and go in the room, or I could say something and... Just have him look me in the eye and understand what's going on. Something to think about. Yeah, I just threw the water bottle. An empty water bottle. It landed like two feet from him. It is what it is there. I mean, but it is what it is. It's, and it's a competitive game, so that's it. That's just like... What a quote. It's literally middle school behavior. Like you're walking to, like you're walking down to class and you see like this kid who like used to date your current girlfriend that you're going to only date for six weeks 
in middle school and to get under his skin you like throw a water bottle towards him and it's just it's like it's literally like grade school behavior yeah it's not only grade school behavior but it's a grade school explanation this is not an adult explanation i would have respected him more if he just said yeah i hate that guy i threw a water bottle at him big deal let's move on exactly yeah like he had this whole thing where he's just like i wanted to send a message blah 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 just if you want to send a message how about you say in your press conference yeah fuck that guy yeah i fucking hate him Kadri's just like okay what is this yeah (laughs) he just thought it was a weird thing that happened like i don't think Kadri went home so that fucking guy threw a water bottle at me i know he bit his thumb at me how dare you sir Kadri during that like little like you know thing he was doing that little interview like you can hear the water bottle land near him yeah and you hear him just pause and he's like looking to his left and he's like i think he just threw a water bottle at me like it's such a weird thing to do and like good god Bennington and like we know he's got like we know he's been like he's had behavioral issues that that's the way I don't even want to call it a temper like Ron Hextall he had a fucking temper yeah. Jordan Bennington Jordan Bennington just has behavioral issues and I feel like I'm talking about a, a small dog that has is learning to communicate with other dogs like behavioral <laughs> problems He's just like, he hasn't figured out how to properly verbalize how he feels, so he throws water bottles at people. Right, right. It's just, it's like a little kid at the playground biting another kid. Actually, it's not even that deep, because he didn't, all he did was throw a stupid water bottle, and instead, again, just say like, yeah, I, I... was pissed off at him, and I threw a water bottle. That's it. And he, he just gives this whole explanation. A God-given opportunity. Like, that was weird, yeah. And then, like, the part where he says, um, he's like, uh, yeah, I just threw the water bottle, an empty water bottle. Like, when you see him, like, when he was at the, in the video of him giving the explanation, when he said an empty water bottle, he was, like, smiling and laughing as if to say, like, what? It's just a water bottle. Like, it's, it, it's not a big deal. It's like, dude, like... Grow the fuck up. Like, what are you talking about right now? But the thing is, he's acting like he really got one over on Kadri. Like, oh, I really no. got one over on him. What, did you put Everyone's a curse on him? laughing at him. Did you? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Fucking, like, some sort of Harry Potter shit. Like, did, did you turn into a Vander Kane and hurt Nazem Kadri? Like, I, I don't think yeah. that happened. I don't think you possessed his body and did that. I don't think you cur- put a voodoo curse on him or something like that. You threw a stupid water bottle and then you gave a dumber explanation. You right. suck. It was like a self-own. And, like, the worst part about it is, like, if he wanted to throw a water bottle at somebody, how about you throw it at the fucking defenseman on your team who directed Nazem Kadri into you? Honestly. It wasn't even Nazem Kadri's fault. I, like, that was the most annoyed I've been on Twitter in forever. Because, like, so many people were, like, saying, oh, Kadri back at it again with a dirty hit. I'm like, did you even watch the play? What are you talking about? He got, they colli- he col- collided with a Blues defenseman. And they, like, their collision changed their trajectory into Bennington. It was not Kadri's fault at all. And if he doesn't make, like, what is he supposed to do? Not make a play on a puck that's sitting there unattended with, like, a net almost completely open? Like. In a very competitive series. Yeah. Like, what do you, I mean, I just, I don't understand it at all. It was so weird. It's the playoffs, baby. You go all out. You go balls to the wall in this situation. And. I mean, honestly, defensemen, can we stop 
directing guys into your own net, can you start yeah. clearing the crease again? I know defensemen are not all pronger-sized out there, but for the love of God, you have to protect your goaltender. you got to protect your tender from getting hurt. And it's just ridiculous how often we see plays like this anymore where defensemen are just trying to you know, submarine the offensive player and end up driving him into his own net and almost hurting their goaltender. And in this case did hurt his goaltender. And that's not why the blues lost that series, because I, I think their goaltending was fine actually without Bennington, yeah. but uh, the blues just weren't as good as the Colorado avalanche at the end of the day, yeah, nobody is. but yeah. yeah, nobody is. If we're going to get to in a moment, but uh, I, you know, it's just big baby full diaper from Bennington right here. Just a, a overflowing diaper. I would not get $50 out of that diaper. And <laughs> <laughs> Definitely not. No, no, no. It, it's just, a, what, just grow up, my dude. Grow up. Yeah, no, that was very, just a bizarre, bizarre thing. I'm glad Kadri, that next game, I'm so glad he, uh, he, he came out and, and he got, I think it was three goals and... An assist also. He could have had that empty netter, but he that's fine. It's whatever. Yeah, he's been crushing it, and that dude is going to get paid probably too much in the offseason. By like the Flyers. Oh, <laughs> Definitely by the Flyers. I don't know what Chuck's got to do to get uh, Kadri and uh, Johnny Hockey on the same team, but make it happen. But it's, I mean, I like him a lot, and it's a shame that he has gotten hurt in the Avalanche-Oilers game. It's funny because we, we took a week yeah. off, and... The almost both series were almost completely wrapped up by the time we recorded again. As we're recording right now, the Avs are up three to nothing. This might not be out until Tuesday morning, so the Avs might be they might have won already. I think is the final game tonight. Final, I believe it is tonight. Yes. Yeah. So (laughs) Avalanche, and it's funny because this isn't. You would think the Avalanche have just completely dominated the Oilers in every way in this series, but that's not quite the case. I mean, it's the games that at least the first game was super competitive and that was a lot of fun, but yeah. it's a shame that Kadri had to get injured by Evander Kane. He's out for the rest of the series and Kane ended up getting suspended for a game because of his legitimately dirty hit. Yeah. Like that's an actually dirty hit. That's the kind of hit where people should be like angry on Twitter. The Nazem Kadri thing was like, like I know we talked about like defensive defensemen like directing players into their goalie. I don't even think that's what that was. I think it was just two guys going for a play on the puck and an unfortunate thing, some unfortunate momentum carried them into the goalie, and it's like shit happens. I think that's like the definition of a shit happens type play. Um, the Evander Kane one that's just flat out dirty and disgraceful. Yeah, and Evander Kane is a guy that I, I'm very upset that he's had so much success in these playoffs yeah, because be he's just a guy who he's really been a bad name for the league, and I I don't like what he's represented. I'm actually really laughing at his ex-wife really rooting for him to lose at every turn. And I think on her Instagram, she put up uh, like three brooms or something like that. On her story she? yeah she did <laughs> that's awesome and she helped pay that fine against uh for a hit against him and just, oh ryan hartman yeah yeah the ryan hartman one and i flicked him off that's actually the best rivalry in the nhl right now but you know what kane did to her is just <laughs> just terrible and he's a guy that really shouldn't be playing and shouldn't get be getting rewarded and i mean to his credit i guess reluctantly saying Th- this, this is but, what the oilers get 
They, for, for employing Evander Kane, they deserve to get swept embarrassingly. Yeah, yeah. And like the guy's put I, up I'm thirteen goals, and it's just upsetting to me that he's put up so many goals and actually been a great finisher for McDavid in this uh, these playoffs. Yeah, and the worst part is he's probably played well enough where he'll earn an opportunity with the team next season. Oh, the Oilers and are going to bring him like, back. I, I would be shocked if the Oilers didn't bring him back with yeah. the success they've had with him on the team. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. It, Hopefully it, it they sucks. don't, but... It sucks. And, you know, we, we at least we got rid of the other bad guy in the league in Tony D'Angelo, and I'm just going to go ahead and say that. I, you know, bad guy. I don't like him. I don't like him. And D'Angelo at least got... I can't believe I'm happy about the Rangers eliminating the Hurricanes, but I kind of am just because I don't want the Rangers to go to the cup final. I'm a hundred percent team Tampa oh, yeah. for this, but I was happy to see D'Angelo not get, I, cause I was very pissed that the Hurricanes went and got rid of their, their good guy defenseman, Dougie Hamilton, and got the much cheaper Tony D'Angelo and actually succeeded with him. And I, I'm just, I was happy to see him lose. That's one bad guy out of the playoffs, but Evander Kane is still here for now. I don't think it's going to be much longer. I think the Oilers might win tonight to extend the series, but I can't see them doing much more than that. I want to say now that you brought up Tony D'Angelo, one of the things that drove me absolutely crazy was after game seven, when they were doing the handshakes, ESPN skipped Tony D'Angelo shaking the hand of Georgiev. Oh, wow. And I was like, live. I was sitting, I was like, oh my God, there's like going to show it. Cause you could see Georgiev was like the next dude in line. And right before the two guys made eye contact, I was like, they cut away. I was like, fuck. Right. Because the thing, the thing about his incident with Georgiev is we actually don't know anything. There's a lot of allegedly here. We've heard reports. But yeah. we, we've never gotten 100% confirmation because the Rangers kind of swept that under the rug. But they also released this I like ass. to believe. Yeah. Yeah. I like to believe that all the little rumors are true. <laughs> so I just, I just, I know that it's not confirmed or anything like that, I don't think. But like, I'm, I'm taking it all as verbatim. And yeah. No, I am too. And I'm just going to use allegedly for legal purposes on this podcast. But like, yeah. yeah. I, I he certainly from everything you've heard about him from the rumors, from the reports, he does not seem like a good guy and it doesn't seem like he and Georgia have a very good relationship. So uh, it's a shame that we didn't get to see that drama there. TNT would have done it. TNT would have had a a 8k cam right on their faces. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. TNT would have been all about it. I love that they've got that for just a uh, ass view on the face-offs right now. It's the 8K cam. Wait, what? <laughs> they, they've been filming, you know, that like super high def camera that they use for like NFL and NBA where it makes the guys almost look like video game characters because it's so focused in oh. on like, one guy. I believe it's yeah, the 8K and then everything cam. Else is, yeah, everything's like blurred behind them. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, okay, they've yeah. been using that for face-offs on TNT. <laughs> but it's like ice level face off, so it's like kind of you're you're getting like the guy's ass is like right the one center ass <laughs> yeah, is like right the... in your face. <laughs> oh man. Some people hey, enjoy it, I'm sure. I think a lot of people enjoy it. You know, it's not it's not for me, but it's for many other people and uh please yeah. enjoy. But <laughs> it's man, anyway, back to <laughs> back to talking about hockey right here. So 
<laughs> this series is probably going to end. And the interesting question is, is it Mike Smith's fault or not? Is Mike Smith to blame for the Oilers or has he actually been secretly saving them? Because he's got good numbers, but he's also, I don't know, he was a disaster in the first game, got pulled, which also happened in the Flames series. And in the third game, which Colorado won 4-2, to two, the game, the goal that put Colorado up three to two was a just terrible, <laughs> leaky five hole. It goal. was bad. It was really bad. And despite his solid numbers, again, a nine seventeen save percentage is very respectable. I mean, you got to stop that goal, especially when it's a tie game late and you're down to a team as good as the Colorado Avalanche. I can't bring myself to say that this is Col- that this is Mike Smith's fault or anything like that because like. The abs are just so much better than the Oilers. Like they're deep. Like the Oilers just aren't a good enough team to beat the Avalanche. And even if they had a different goalie, I feel like the Avalanche would be still kicking their ass, kind of. And um, you know, my, don't get me wrong. Mike Smith has been not playing great. Like he's not a good goalie. He's I think what he's forty years old now, isn't he? Like he's just yeah, he's, he's not. He's very he's hockey an old. old dude. Yeah. Um, and like you know, he's just not good anymore. And you know. It's it's a it's a small miracle that he's even playing now, but um, yeah, I, I mean, I, I don't want to say it's his fault though because the Oilers are just they, they're not going to contend. The the only reason they they have made it this far is because Connor McDavid and Leon Draisaitl are out of control, and they are just dominating everybody. They are on a whole nother plane of existence right now, and if it wasn't for them, they like they would have been swept in the first round. Like they're not that good a team. No, they really aren't. I, I'm still completely shocked they made it this far. And it's interesting that Dreisaitl, I forget what it was, the exact stat, but Dreisaitl without McDavid has really struggled. McDavid is just that friggin' good of a player that he's just yeah. he's just the best. And it's real shame that every game hasn't been like game one, because game one was some great knockdown 80s hockey <laughs> right there, which a uh, eight to six game wildly entertaining. I think I hammered, thank God I only hammered the over on the first game because I'd be, I I would have lost in the past two games gambling wise, but the first game, man, I was really happy. They hit that over, I think mid second period. Yeah, no, that was, it was looking like this series was going to be like some sort of, you know, flyers, penguins series. And that didn't happen. But I mean, that was, that first game was just, out of control. And I think a lot of people were expecting a series kind of like that, not quite to that extent, but like, it was good to see that one game where it's just like offense, you know, just as far as the eye can see. Yeah. Well, the interesting thing for the Avs is that Kemper was hurt in that game and Francois had to come in and he's actually been really good for them since he's come in. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Francois has some like good numbers throughout the year and like, I believe he he actually has put in some good seasons in the past as a backup, too. I I don't think he's ever been given an opportunity to be, like, a full-time starter or anything like that. But, like, I think he's been pretty good. I feel like he's a more-than-capable backup goalie. And now we're kind of seeing, you know, what he can do when he's given, like, legitimate time in net. And you you know what this kind of reminds me of a little bit is the season that... Philip Grubauer had. I think there was like one year where Braden Holtby got hurt and Grubauer came in and he played really, really well. 
And then he was like one of the top goalies in the free agent market, like not long after that. Or I think that he got traded somewhere or something like that. I don't know. But like he was regarded as like the next guy to win a starting job. And like, may, I don't know, maybe if Franco's like if they go to the Stanley Cup final, which like they're going to, and he continues playing well in the Stanley Cup final, like that could be an interesting um, thing to, you know, see what happens in the offseason, assuming I don't even know what his contract looks like, but. It can't like... be much because I'm looking at his stats right now, and Francois is one of those guys that I think you would assume, if you are not a fan of the Colorado Avalanche, that he's like a fresh-faced rookie or something. He's probably like 24 years old. This dude's 32. Yeah, he's been around a while. He has been around a while, and it's been a while. This is his... he's got two years left on his contract. Wow, wow. So this is his wow. third NHL season, and actually, really, his just second legitimate. NHL season. Maybe he's a late bloomer. Yeah. Who knows? He doesn't have a lot of miles. That's for sure. Definitely not. But I mean, yeah, he's got two years left at a very good deal of $2 million a year. But here's the question. Darcy Kemper is going to be a UFA this year. <clears throat> so if Francois plays really well, maybe he could just become the new starting goalie for the Avalanche if he continues playing well. But again, that's so hard to really say just considering how not a lot he's played and like he's 32 like yeah i think a lot is gonna depend on what happens in the stanley cup final again uh, we're making an assumption that the avalanche are gonna get there but come on they're up 3-0 and the oilers are yeah, the oilers yeah. like you think mike smith is gonna stop nathan mckinnon for more than one game come on <laughs> absolutely not no, not a chance in hell happening but what they do in the final is really going to dictate everything. And that's a more interesting question on who they're going to play. Because this yeah. Lightning Rangers series is something that, when you saw that matchup initially, you just penciled in the Lightning in the Stanley Cup final. I think we all <laughs> did it. We said, there's yeah. no way the New York Rangers are going to take it to the Lightning. They've taken it to the Lightning a little bit so far. The The Rangers are up 2-1 to one in this series. They won the first two games in the train station, Madison Square Garden. And that first game was a statement game for the Rangers. The Rangers won that one 6-2, despite Tampa yes. Bay outshooting the Rangers 39-34. Tampa Bay's outshot the Rangers in every one of these games. But Shesterkin is just unbefriggin'-leavable He's so crazy. Yeah. He's, I mean, he's playing... He's, I was... I went into this series saying like, wow, the Rangers are going to face like an actual goalie. Like they're going to, you know, they're going to see, you know, and they're going to face an actual offense. And I mean, Shesterkin is the real deal. He is so good. Like, I don't think it's out of the question. Like, I still think Vasilevsky is the best goalie in the world right now, but I don't think it's out of the question at all to like, it, it comes down to those two. It's Shesterkin and Vasilevsky. Um, those fucking Russians, man, they know how to pump out some goalies. Like they, really they are do, just, man. <laughs> but it's I don't know really what they're ridiculous. doing. Oh, it's a shame but that like, nobody just... wants to take a Russian, you know, in the draft now. Because <laughs> it's just not gonna happen. Yeah, the Flyers definitely not taking any Russian players weird, in the draft. Weird rumor um, right there. But like Shesterkin, yeah. man, is just standing on his head good. He has been so unbelievable. As Fred Durst would say, the wise, the wise scholar, <laughs> he's the real motherfucking deal, y'all. Because <laughs> that's how you introduce oh, a, a a sober somber song right there, but you know also fuck stained. But regardless <laughs> of the the obligatory new metal reference right there, he's got a nine forty two save percentage through three games, and 
That third game. Okay, so first game, Rangers went six to two. Second game, Rangers won three to two. That was a lot tighter. Uh, Tampa Bay outshot them, but barely, thirty-one to twenty-eight. Not, you know, it was a pretty even keeled game. And then the third yeah. game, Tampa Bay. I so I, I think I threw like ten bucks on Tampa Bay in this game because I felt very confident. I probably would have thrown fifty if I had more of my my account right now, but I don't. Yeah. So cause it just has not been a good playoffs for me, gambling wise. But. Anyway, I was very confident that Tampa Bay was going to win. And Tampa Bay certainly played like a team that should have won handily in that game. And Shesterkin was a brick goddamn wall in that game. Tampa Bay outshot the Rangers 52-30. to 30. <laughs> And they won 3-2. to the two. Rang- Yeah. The Rangers were up 2-0 in that game. And... Yeah. I, like I was sitting there, like, wow, this is really gonna happen. Like they're gonna. I, I, in my head, I was ready for a sweep. I was like, they're gonna win this game, and then they're gonna come into Game Four. They're gonna come into Tampa, and they're literally gonna sweep the Tampa Bay Lightning. And then the Lightning did their Lightning thing and came back, and um, now we have a series again. But like, still, like, it's the Rangers are right now. They look like they're on a mission, and I hate it a lot, but they are playing really well. Zibanejad is just totally going nuts. He's ripping it up right now. It's good to see that he can do that against teams that aren't just the Flyers. I know. <laughs> yeah. Like, what was it? Nine to nothing that one game where they where he had like five goals. And... Oh my god. Just yeah. in, I, I think in fantasy hockey he had like, like 25 points that game or something like that. It, yeah, it was insane. Yeah, him, like Zibanejad, Shesterkin and Adam Fox are all just like totally like ridiculous right now. And um, I'm hoping that I'm hoping Tampa can do something. I'm hoping like, Tampa can do something. It's just like, look, normally I'd want some variety in the Stanley Cup final. I don't want the the Tampa three-peat possibility, even though you don't see that often in hockey. So it's kind of cool. But at the same time, like, you know, it gets boring, stale, seeing the same team win over and over and over again, especially when it's, I don't want to shit again on a, a Southern fan base here. I really don't mean to, but like, you know, Tampa Bay, they have a good fan base. Don't get me wrong, but I don't know. I want to see the parade for like Colorado, right? Or Edmonton right. or somebody like that. Like the, the crowd that you see outside when they show the outside view like Colorado filled almost their entire home stadium for an away game it was so cool did you see that that shot where they had a a ball arena which is still the best named arena in the NHL I actually didn't yeah it looked like a nearly full house that they assembled to watch the game on the jumbotron in Edmonton that's very cool is there a shot of it uh I'll have to look it up I don't have it offhand but by the way, Mika Zibanejad has 29 points in 38 games against the Flyers, and I could have sworn it was more. I'm honestly surprised that that's it. 15 How goals, many does he have since assists. he joined the Rangers, though? That's all. Oh, I'll have to see. I'm not 100% sure. There. I'm just looking at his splits on, on hockey reference here. Okay. Yeah. But, okay, so I'm sure a lot of that has come recently. But just going back real quick to Tampa, like, they have a solid fan base, don't get me wrong, but I kind of just want to see one of these massive fan bases that haven't won in a while really go out and, and celebrate and see, like, a, a swarm of people in the streets for that. It just seems like a cool sight. But anyway, Tampa Bay, I like them. Uh, I, I would prefer to see them in their over the Rangers and... You know, because I, I, I can't root for a New York team. I just can't do it. If there's too much Philly no. in my blood. There, it's just entirely too much cheese whiz in my blood to root for a New York team. 
I, I was explaining this to a friend of mine yesterday. He was basically saying like, hey, you're watching the NBA Finals. Who do you want to win? And I was like, I want Golden State. He's like, why? They've like won so many so often recently. I'm like, well, I can't root for Boston. And he's like, why? I'm like, I'm a Phillies. Like, I, I'm a Philly sports fan. Like, that can't. That's literally part of the contract when you decide to become a Philadelphia sports fan. You can't root for Boston or New York. And he's like, you can only root for Boston I mean, over New York. Yeah, exactly. And he was basically saying like, well, San Francisco, the Bay Area, has won probably not that many or like almost as many titles as Boston has in the last like however many years. And I'm just like. I don't give a fuck about San Francisco. This is about Boston. Like, Boston, like, you can't, no. They've won enough titles, and I know San Francisco has won plenty of titles, too. I don't care about San Francisco. Boston is just, they, they don't deserve anymore. <laughs> like, all their teams are always good at the exact same time, and I'm just tired of it. So they shouldn't win. And yeah, I'm I, tired. Like I had a, he, he, he couldn't, like, wrap his mind around that, like, belief. A lot of people just don't know how deep the hate the sports hate runs in Philly for especially other East coast cities. I almost consistently throughout my life have rooted for the Western conference team against the Eastern conference team, because I kind of hate every team in the East. There's just varying degrees of hate where there's teams I hate less than the other teams. But generally speaking, I don't want a team we see often to, to win a championship and especially not Boston. Boston Philly is not quite New York Philly on rivalry, but the only thing we have in common is that we really hate New York at the end of the day, both Boston and of Philly. Course. But there is definitely a deep seated rivalry between Philly and Boston. I mean, the Sixers and Celtics go way back with that. As I've said before, the Flyers, their first rival was the Boston Bruins. This right. is like one of the old, and I think the Eagles and Patriots have a little bit of a rivalry too from, you know, the couple Super Bowls they played in the past yeah. 20 years. And, you know, yeah. uh, Nick Foles and 41-33. And uh, guess what? Tom Brady dropped the ball and Nick Foles caught it. Uh, and uh, go birds. Go birds. <laughs> but yeah, no, I mean, there's a, there's a like a clear thing. And like, like I don't know. I just don't, New York has won enough championships. I'm tired of New York. Like, they yeah, they have Times Square. What else do they fucking need? Like, I don't know. They, they, they got have two teams for everything. City. They got two fucking yeah. teams for everything. Come on. Like, Brooklyn doesn't need a basketball team. Just no. have another New York. Just call them the New York Nets. I don't know. Like, just, I, I don't get it. I don't get, just, I'm tired of New York. The Ranger, and now they're infecting my girlfriend. My girlfriend says that she, her favorite uniforms in hockey are the Rangers uniforms. I'm like, get out. Now. Leave. Leave. <laughs> And it's just like, I can't deal with that. It's like, I don't want that negativity in my life. Oh so my God. it's, no, 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 nobody needs I'm just that. tired of New York teams. I'm tired of Boston teams and yeah, just get them all, get them all out of here. I would like to see someone. To, and, and like, I've noticed like whenever there's like a new, you know, if there's like a Super Bowl type thing or, you know, I always root for like the Southern, if it's an East coast team, I always root for like the Southern team. So like, you know, the Panthers, the Lightning, the Hurricane. Like, I like those teams. I don't have to deal with their fans. I've never run into a, a Lightning or Panthers fan to talk shit on me. Whereas I've run into Rangers fans. I've run into Bruins fans. I've run right. into yeah. even a Caps fan. You know, like, they're few and far between, but they happen. I don't even hate the Caps. And, like, I would argue that we're, like, well, I don't know. I, I was going to say that maybe the Caps and Flyers are they have a, as big a rivalry as... 
they have like a minor rivalry. Like the the Caps yeah. are. I, I think we went over this on a, a fuck episode a couple of summers ago. But essentially, yeah. like they're kind of a second tier rival for the Flyers, where the top tier are your your Penguins, Penguins your Devils, your Rangers, Rangers or that top tier. And then, yeah, and, you know, I, I think the Bruins and Capitals kind of fall into that second tier where, yeah, Capitals and Flyers can get chippy, but it's never quite the same as a Flyers Penguins game or a Flyers Devils game. Yeah. But the thing is, like, with the like, I see Capitals fans all the time. I don't have a problem with Caps fans. Like, some of them are really annoying, but like, some Flyers fans are annoying. So, like, you know, you run into annoying some. fans for every team. Yeah, good point. Yeah, but like, I, I love y'all, but like, my God, have Flyers fans been just miserable the past few years? They've been it's awful. Just, it's it's just been horrible. absolutely insane. Yeah, but like, Capitals fans for the most part are like pretty educated fans like they're they're pretty chill for the most part i go to capitals games all the time wearing flyers shit no one says a word to me um and maybe it's because they <laughs> maybe it's because i'm a philly sports fan and they know that we're just sociopaths but i don't know um it's true yeah they're they're pretty cool whenever i'm over there and i have no problem with caps fans but like rangers fans it, like there's like this sense of entitlement with rangers and bruins fans and it's like cool your original six like the flyers are basically original six too like i don't know what <laughs> the flyers are as, as old school as an expansion franchise gets you know i, yeah. I, I think yeah. there there is you know they're one of the most recognizable brands in the nhl it's just that how it is but they're fierce deep-seated rivals at the end of the day i mean it's not quite the flyers rangers rangers rivalry that there was in the 80s per se but it's still there and i just look i don't want to see them win i don't want to see a new york team win and i don't give a shit about tampa bay so if they win great i'm rooting for the avalanche right now that's who i want to see win it and like i've yeah i've wanted them for a while that scene from ball arena was really cool just seeing all the fans like packed into the building just to watch an away game i know the flyers did that back in 2010 a couple times and that was really cool i didn't get to go i wish i had gone and that's one of my regrets from that season and i i would love the flyers to be competitive so i can do that nowadays but seeing that's cool and i like the avalanche and the the toughest part about all this right is the goddamn rangers are kind of likable and I hate that they're likable. <laughs> I like, I like Zibanejad. I like Adam Fox. I don't have a problem with Shesterkin. He's annoying because, like, when a goalie is really good, I find them annoying. Always, unless it's like my goalie. But like, for the most part, everyone seems to be pretty cool. Like, I really like Keandre Miller. I really like a lot of the players on the team, and it's just I, I love Gallant. Dude, before the season, I remember, I can't remember what I was on. I like, I don't know if I was on a podcast with Fly Purple. I can't remember what it was. But like, I was so scared that the Rangers were going to get Gallant for this exact fucking reason. Because Gallant is so good at turning shitty teams around or just like making. I think he's the second best coach in hockey, right? Well, let me say third. I think it's it comes down to Barry Trotz, uh, John Cooper, and Gerard Gallant. And after seeing what Gerard Gallant did in Vegas, when he joined the Rangers, I was like, oh, fuck. (laughs) Here we go. Like, this isn't good at all. And he's been outstanding. He's such a good coach. He's a great coach. And I I don't understand why he keeps getting shit canned from places undeservingly. Dude, I know. I like, I don't know what he's doing wrong. But like, I don't know. I think one of my favorite things about Gallant is like, (laughs) whenever a ref makes a bad call, the fucking 
faces he in the things he says to these refs it's just like and you could like you can see him saying like fuck you to the refs and like the way he says it you can you can almost hear him saying it without hearing him say it he's like fuck you like that it's like oh god he's so it's like a gremlin type thing i'm into it i don't know he 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 gets really shitty to the refs and it's so funny I think that's what Flyer fans really want is a, a guy who will just get shitty to the refs. That's all we really want at the end of the day. Yeah. yeah. Honestly, dude, at the, like I kind of I know people have their their, you know, thoughts and opinions about John Tortorella, but I would not hate John Tortorella. Oh boy. It would be fun. It would be at the very least it would be would, entertaining. It would be entertaining. We'd have a lot to talk about, but and there's been rumors that there he is one of the preferred names for certain old school guys in the Flyers management, but uh, we'll, yeah. we'll see on that front. No news yet, but we'll, uh, we'll see. They've done some interviews, but no, no concrete news on who the next head coach of the Philadelphia hockey Flyers will be. Yeah. They haven't interviewed me yet. I applied and I haven't heard back. I don't know what the fuck is Ooh. taking so long. But, I had some bad yeah, news yeah, for we'll you, see. but I don't think it's you. Steve, keep your hopes up. We'll see. <laughs> I think it, it I, mean, I think it's going to be gritty before it's you. <laughs> <laughs> probably yeah. yeah that would actually be hilarious just to piss off all the like uh, i don't know the like really edge lordy flyers fans who really just loathe gritty is <laughs> just put gritty behind the bench for like two games it's just like they would just lose their <laughs> whenever, minds whenever the flyers score a goal you just hear gritty clapping his hands and you just hear squeak 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 yeah, on, exactly. like, the, on the tv camera just rubbing his belly button against the players heads <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he does like that weird like thing with his hips where he's like swinging it around yeah. almost like erotically. He would fight a ref. I think he'd actually kill a ref. Uh, I th- he he has a dagger in his pants somewhere. <laughs> I don't want to know where that is. He has a dagger is that, what that he keeps in his days? shorts. They're calling he, it a he's, dagger? He's, he's got it ready. He's oh got boy. a dagger on him somewhere on his person ready to stab this is, someone. This is not safe for work at this point. We're talking about the gritty, <laughs> the gritty's dagger in his pants. <laughs> Maybe he keeps it in his skate or his shoe. Oh, uh, boy. Oh, boy. Oh, stuff that, you know, was better not thought about. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, let's to, to close things out. Tampa Bay, New York. Yeah, this is a good stopping point. <laughs> Fuck New York. Tampa Bay, New York. Who you got winning the series? Uh, I'm still going to say New York, regrettably. I'm going to say mm. New York and uh, I'm going to say New York in six. Wow. Okay. So this is, I mean, this is going to come down to if Tampa Bay wins this home game and, and evens it up, then we're back in a series. And I don't think you could ever count the lightning out with all the talent they have. So I'm going to go Tampa Bay in seven. Ooh, that would be spicy. I'd love that. It would be spicy, but we'll see. And uh, regardless, go Avs. I'm, I'm into that. Go the Avalanche. I have an old school Avalanche jersey in my house, and uh, I'm ready to rock it. Hell yeah. Yeah. Same. I got to get myself a Joe Sackick jersey. Oh, there you go. That's a good one. Peter Forsberg yeah, for me. Or Patrick Wild. Oh, I know good. Patrick Wild was an asshole, but he might be my favorite all-time goalie. Yeah, I don't blame you. Yeah. All right, folks, we got to get going, but thanks so much for listening. Good to be back after a week off. If you have any feedback for us, the best place is on twitter.com.org.edu.ca. Ryan, where can people reach you on Twitter? I'll tell you where people can reach me, Steve. You can reach me at Ryan Quiggs with a Z. Oh, wow. You can find me at Flyperbole or at Estebaum. If it's for hockey purposes, make it Flyperbole. 
Follow Broad Street Hockey, follow BSH Radio, all that good stuff. We're on plenty of social media. Go seek us out, find us. Articles coming out all summer. Fly Perbly will be here most weeks. Thanks so much for listening. Until next time, in the words of the great Gene Hart, good night and good hockey. Wow, 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 wow,